0: Now here are your hosts for On the Mark: Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. This is entertaining watching Ben not
1: be ready, throwing his <laughs> headphones on, grabbing his microphone, and realizing that seven thirty or eight thirty-two is eight thirty-two. Whether you're show must go on. Show whether you're on. ready or not. Good greetings. Morning. Yep. Good Thank morning. Thank you, sir. Thanks for coming in, Ben Reichley. Is our good co-host here, conservative, local Republican committee person, business person, natural-born listener, and rejector of anything. Ultra liberal, but uh, he listens to what you have to say, and that's the purpose of our show today. Well, we got you've all got
2: a good idea. Bring it on! Let's right, let's hear it. it. Let's hear you. Robust out. discussions, no Before?
1: arguments. Before. Robust discussions. Before we kick you off of Facebook, we'll hear what you have to say. Yes. <laughs> all right, welcome on board, everybody. It is Financial <laughs> Friday, which means it is an opportunity for a robust discussion about the latest jobless numbers. Uh, we did get uh, some new statistics, as you heard on CBS News, the unemployment rate down to five point eight percent. It was six point one. Certainly we could hope to do better, but a half a million jobs, not too bad. And uh, we're supposed to be doing, enjoying a robust recovery right now. And Lawrence's worthless wisdom is that's bust, but not really robust.
2: So. Uh, there seems to be a little bit of a wet blanket. Uh, we, we see, uh, as they talked about on the news, California, largest economy in the United States at uh, 8% unemployment. We see... 25, I believe, it might be up to 26 states. Uh, reject the COVID unemployment, uh, whatever the uh, exact term is, mm-hmm. but uh, reject the unemployment to get, to get people back? Is Pennsylvania going to reject it? Next month. Okay. We'll, well, hopefully we'll see. But
1: Oh, no, I'm sorry. They're just re- doing the work requirement. Next yeah,
2: month. I, I don't see the governor doing that. I see him playing uh, slow ball and uh, just dragging it out to September. So uh, we're seeing bits and pieces of the economy. But again, Since it's the Belmont Stakes this weekend, we just had the Kentucky Derby, we had the Preakness. We did have some incidents within that. But let the horse run. The government (laughs) is the jockey. Let go of the reins a little bit and let the horse run. This economy naturally will come back and do the things we have to. We just have to get government out of the way. Safety nets, yes. Yes. Okay, this but is Ronald Reagan horse
1: run. on our show today. <laughs> all right, that, that is Ben Reichler, <laughs> our good business up? person. This we're glad to say Reagan. that as Financial Friday. We have on the news line Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, sir. Thanks for checking in.
3: Good morning, good morning, Mark and Ben. Let the horse run. Uh, we're all over here on the uh, telephones uh, cheering for you. Uh, we have our fancy hats on. Uh, ben and we say amen, amen and amen. Uh, and, and I, I we caught you we caught your uh, qualifier there. we said safety nets be safe, be commonsensical about it, but let's get this economy open. Um, and uh, I, you have a few other folks you're going to introduce. I'll come back, I have a lot to say and we have a fabulous uh, uh, third guest uh, with us today that we'll get right into particularly given the headlines that uh, we're talking about this morning.
1: Second chair is Art Thomas, chairman of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. I foolishly put him as chairman-elect in my notes today, relying on uh, old notes, but he is a chair fully in place, and he's president of Mech Tech and Diversified Construction Incorporated, just a booming business around here where they're hiring. If you're a good, smart, and hard worker with a, a degree or even not just some great street smarts, they're looking for your kind of person. Art, thanks for calling in today.
4: Good morning, everybody. That was quite a gamble you took on the hiring statement, but uh, it was a safe gamble with the way everybody's hiring, right? I could take somebody if somebody out there that wanted to.
1: Uh, yeah, I can introduce any business person today and say they are hiring. And uh, we also have at the microphone, we're glad to say that John Longstreet joins us, president and CEO of the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association. So we're going to he's going to help us get a little initial reaction, and then uh, we're going to talk to him about trying to get that uh, hospitality industry just really booming. Good morning, John. Thanks for calling in today.
5: Mark, thanks so much for having me on the program today.
1: Let's uh, start with you, since we have you right at the microphone, this idea that the U.S. economy is not bouncing along the bottom. It's uh, b- bouncing at kind of mid-level here, but we're not booming. We're n- the tide's not rolling in yet. We're not booming yet. Give us your glimpse of these latest jobless numbers that we just heard.
5: Well, as you know, uh, as of Monday, just a few days ago, finally, after, well, 14 months, the restaurant industry is reopened. Uh, So that's been really exciting. And what we've seen is that there is no shortage of people that are ready to come back out to eat. In fact, a recent study by Morning Consult said that almost 70% of adults nationwide are comfortable going out to a restaurant, either dining in or dining out. The challenge with the industry right now, as you've already touched on, is that we can't get enough employees to come back to work to take care of the guests that want to uh, join us.
1: Well, I'm a troublemaker on the show. All I ever say is just, Ben laughs, just pay
5: them more and they'll return. Please, your reaction. Well, no, we're paying, uh, I will say, number one, tipped employees make far more than they can make on unemployment. They're they're averaging somewhere between $20 and $25 an hour. And what I'm hearing from our uh, members and constituents across the state is that back of the house positions, dishwashers are paying 10 $12 an hour cooks eighteen twenty dollars an hour so the pay has been um is commensurate with the market you know the market forces you talked about ronald reagan earlier and the market drives the wages so that's happening it's just the it's been a, it's an incredible problem we never anticipated you know before we went into the pandemic mark that back in 2019 the number one issue facing restaurants and hotels was staffing my members tell me now it's 10 times as bad as it's been then I've been in the business for well over 40 years. I've never seen anything like this before.
1: Well, sure. We see dining rooms closed, curtailed hours, uh, taken not just Monday off, which some of the restaurants did this, now Tuesday off also. So, yeah, they have to cope in a wide range of ways. One business around here just skipped lunch. They don't open till 3, and then they, they just super serve their dinner crowd. Art, let's get your reaction. Let's go all the way back to the initial jobless numbers that we just got, that 5.8%. Uh, your reaction to hearing that in the half a million jobs created. We really need that number up in the millions.
4: Yeah, well, I think that all things considered, it's good news. And I think we need to reflect a little bit. Back in March, we thought we were going to get a little over 200,000 jobs, and we got over 900,000 jobs, and we uh, placed some credit somewhere with that. then the next month we thought we were going to have 900,000 jobs, and we had 200,000 jobs, and we placed some blame. Now we're right in the middle with what normally would be an outstanding month, and I think it's good. I think it's real good. 5.8, I think it's good. You know, the Rescue Act hasn't even kicked in yet. There's over 2,500 municipalities in Pennsylvania, and every one of those municipalities is going to get a boatload of money uh... the first wave of that money is supposed to be coming in june and i know that uh, two municipalities that my office works for is going to be getting over four hundred thousand dollars in the one municipality and the other one's going to be getting hundred and seventy five thousand dollars about a third of their annual budget and every municipality in the state is going to get that kind of money and do physical improvements and hire contractors and hire engineers that design things and there's going to be quite a bit of liberty as to what that money can be spent on and that hasn't even started yet
1: all right bob we're still on initial reaction to the jobless numbers
3: yeah i I'll, uh, i will i uh, will uh, broadly agree with art uh... you know uh, five hundred fifty nine thousand jobs is is twice as many as april uh... so you, you've got to, uh, you, you've got to look at this as the glass is half full, uh, certainly. Um, it, it's not the million number. It's not the, the rebound we were seeing, uh, in the summer of 2020, um, when jobs were coming back a million out of uh, a million per month, uh, as we were reopening. Uh, but, it, you know, the thing, the thing we have to keep in mind, we still have nationwide somewhere between 8 and 10 million people who were employed when this pandemic started who are not currently uh, actively working in the workforce. How do we incentivize, how do we make it easier for them to come uh, or, or make it uh, more smooth for them to re-enter the workforce? Um, we believe that this is not the time uh, for bumper strippers Bumper strip uh, slogans or easy answers. Um, you know, Mark, I, I know you, you've characterized yourself as the troublemaker, as oh, well, all you have to do is pay them more. You know, if it was that easy, we would love that. It is not that easy. There, there are, this is a complex issue that, that we didn't just start talking about 12 months ago. As John pointed out to you, his industry has been talking about this labor shortage uh, for a decade. Uh, you know, we've certainly been, uh, surveying our members for the last seven or eight years, and they've been telling us about a labor shortage for seven or eight years. It's much, much worse now. But, you know, uh, who, who is James Carville, uh, who uh, been, uh, uh, has been, the quote has been attributed to never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, we need to use this opportunity that we currently have to make sure people understand that the things we've been, been very polite about our advocacy. We can't be polite much longer. The uh, there, there are government uh, disincentives for people to go back to work. We need to turn those disincentives on their head and turn them into incentives. But if you want the, the extra three hundred dollars a month, you got to be you got to get back in the labor force to get that. We we you know our chairs, our local Greater Sacramento Valley Early Learning Investment Commission, we have good successes, but we don't have nearly enough. Uh, early learning daycare opportunities in this valley, uh, for all of the folks who want to get back to work. And, and that gets you into the discussion about why has this pandemic, uh, particularly affected uh, women and female workers and what can we do to get them back into the labor force? And then the third the one that we always talk about is we can, we still believe that there is a, there's a gap between the skills that people have, the training they're receiving and the jobs that currently exist. Uh, what we like to talk about at the Greater Sacramento Valley Chamber is we have a we have a lot of great jobs right here in this valley. You just need to have the right skill set to get into those positions, go into those careers, and uh, and then you start to have a meaningful conversation. Um, you know, the simple solutions right now are probably not going to serve us well.
2: Well, Bob, let's look at this, right?
3: Hold on,
1: Art. We'll get uh, Ben, uh, then you.
2: I think James Carville's line was, uh, Where's my gumbo? And uh, (laughs) so, uh, but a couple things here glass half full. Well, I'd say the glass, that's a fair assessment. However, I think there's a hole in the side, not the bottom, but the side, and that's called government spending. And we keep spending this money, and there's something I hope. Is called the uh, government credit card because if Visa, American Express, Discover, they have the interest rate on that government credit card in the future. That twenty-eight trillion dollars, uh, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be SOL in, in the future, depending on where this economy goes and what we're seeing with inflation. Agree also though skills gap. Well, how do we close the skills gap? You know. Why do we still have a skills gap? We have smart people involved in this. Why do we still have a skills gap? I I hear about pre-kindergarten education. Great. Early childhood development. Great. But why, at the end of 12 years... K-12, do we still have a skills gap? Why are colleges in this area? I, I sat with a, a university president this week, and we talked about the education side. So what's interesting, though, also is the equation of commerce. And, Bob, you hit on it. What do we need to put people back to work? And part of that is a comprehensive child care program that... I believe, should be on a P3 level, private-public partnership, that can allow businesses to hire, can allow those workers, male or female, to have child care that is consistent and also equitable, that fits into the equation that allows them to be in the labor force. All right. Art? Well, I just uh, think that what Ben just said is great.
4: That's a great idea that we can take back to the statewide commission. We're <laughs> trying to figure out how to get women back in the labor force. I just think that what's happening right now shows us truly how fragile our supply demand and our economy is. However many people are We're down one tenth right now. Whatever that is, uh, however many million or hundreds of thousands of people are sitting out taking the extra paycheck, you can see the difference it's making. We have supply shortages in everything we do, and as far as what can we do to get them to come back to work, I don't know what more we can do except wait for the extra unemployment to expire in September. We've got Uber Eats advertising that after, 10, after your first 10 deliveries, you get a $250 bonus. We've got nursing homes advertising that they'll give you daily paychecks, go home with your paycheck at the end of each day. We've got warehouse selectors being offered over $30 an hour and a $5,000 bonus. I don't know what more we can do except wait for the expiration of the external employment. That number of people gets back in the workforce. The uh,
1: U.S. labor participation rate went down in May, one-tenth of one percent, down to 61.6 percent. So, uh, Mr. Bob Garrett, not happy about that. Uh, Panel, hold on. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, uh, we will continue our discussion on Financial Friday. We'll start to dig into some of the uh, issues and opportunities within the restaurant and lodging industry, and Bob Garrett's going to uh, host that segment when we come back on WDKOK's On The Mark program. If you have a message for us, send it to us at onthemark at wdkokid.com and you can text us at 70236.
6: We'll you
7: Welcome
1: back to the KLK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. We've got a great uh, panel on board. Yeah. Uh, we have John Longstreet, President and CEO of the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association. Art Thomas here, Chairman of uh, the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce. My Good Friday co-host is here, Ben Reichley Bob, uh, take
2: us away. Oh. Oh, do you want to let them know that we solved all the problems during the break, guys? Yes, it was great. Did. Love to have <laughs> you. Call back next month.
1: Yes, we solved all known issues <laughs> and fed the poor while you guys were waiting, <laughs> yes. so that should take care of that. We'll announce that during the 9 a.m. hour. <laughs> Bob, take it away. You have a couple of key points we have to go over, so we'll let you do that.
3: Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mark. I, I would like, first off, uh, let's hit the uh, the headline uh, in, folks, in case folks are just joining with us. The, uh, the report out of the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics is that in the month of May, nationwide, 559,000 jobs created. Uh, nationwide, our national unemployment rate uh, down to 5.8%, the, um, and uh, Mark uh, filled in that our participation rate actually dropped one-tenth of one percent. That's not good news. Uh, that means less people are in the labor force than uh, the month before, but um, participation has been an issue for a long, long time. We have with us this morning uh, John Longstreet. John serves as the president and CEO of the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association. He basically is the statewide voice uh, for the hospitality and leisure industry uh, here uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, John has been one of the uh, models, I'll say, uh, spokespeople that I've been listening to these last 15 months, sort of taking tips from him, taking my lead from him um, as we try to navigate through what we felt, quite honestly, was slightly, uh, not actually, not slightly, very much every-handed, uh, regulations um, uh, that were placed upon the hospitality industry uh, with the uh, intention of slowing the spread of COVID-19. And the only reason I say heavy-handed, and I'll turn it over to you in a minute, John, as I dig myself into a, uh, into a ditch here, but the, um, the reason we say it's heavy-handed is that we bought into the concept that we wanted to follow the data, we wanted to be evidence-based, we wanted to follow the science. And to this day, we have yet to see any science that says that eating in a restaurant, if you eat in a restaurant, you will get COVID-19. And we've sort of felt that uh, there was a little bit of overreach uh, in that regard. It doesn't matter now. It's behind us. Uh, now what we have to do is say is focus on uh, the future and, and learn from, what, uh, from the last 15 months so that we don't make this mistake again if we go into another pandemic or if uh, if, uh, if the food is particularly bad this coming fall or something like that, so with that introduction, uh, let me introduce uh, John Longstreet and John, let me start with a question what 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 where are we right now uh, in the uh, restaurant hospitality industry in Pennsylvania as far as a recovery?
5: Well, ironically, uh, Bob, the same things that uh, you cited here, the Uh, the erroneous shutdown of the industry over the last year, and we didn't have the data throughout the year, although some counties, like Montgomery County, Delaware County, actually tracked cases, even though the state couldn't. Everyone that was tracking cases said there was little to no spread from restaurants. But we know now, as we look across the country, that uh, the states that were most heavily mitigated, Pennsylvania, one of three or four, and the ones that most lightly mitigated, like Florida, Texas, Georgia, and many others, have virtually no difference in cases or deaths per 100,000. In fact, some of the more lightly mitigated states fared better than Pennsylvania. So we know now it was a mistake. How that plays in now is that I think that we beat the drum well enough, as you pointed out over the last year in trying to get reopened. The restaurants aren't a source of spread. The restaurants are safe that customers were very ready to come back. Guests came back immediately once they were able to. I think one of the reasons, ironically, is because we were so heavily mitigated and throughout the year, we kept bringing uh, case after case, evidence after evidence that we weren't a source of spread, that people were comfortable with that. So restaurants are doing very well today. They feel very good about what's happened. Their struggle is trying to recover from all the debt they've had to incur while they were shut down. And then secondly, to get people to come back to work. And if I could just touch on that very briefly, you hit on two of the biggest reasons why we think we're having difficulty getting people to come back to work. They need some incentive to come back to work, not incentive not to work. And um, uh, Ben talked about the money, or Art talked about the money that's coming our way. And in addition to what's coming to the locales and counties, there's over $7 billion coming to uh, the state. And while Ben commented on the, the national credit card, and we may not like the fact that, that all that money is being spent, it's coming whether we like it or not, we're trying to get it devoted to uh, the most important thing right now, which is getting workers back in jobs, not just for our industry but all industries. So we're advocating for a return to work incentive that's paid for out of ARP money, American at Rescue Plan money. And we're also, to your second point, Bob, we're advocating for child care credits. Because there is a shortage of child care, and what's there is expensive. And uh, the folks that need child care can't necessarily afford it. So we're trying to get child care credits as well. And the third issue that you didn't touch on that's specific to restaurants and hotels is that many people left our industry during this last year because they couldn't count on the fact they could come to work. Even when they were restaurants were reopened at a moderate level uh, back in the fall, all of a sudden, two weeks before Christmas, they were totally shut down. And that caused people to lose some faith in the industry. PRLA is kicking off next week a campaign to uh, let people know that this is an industry of opportunity and that there are jobs for all kinds of folks that want to uh, join our industry or rejoin it.
2: John, a uh, quick question uh, that we, I think people in the industry, thought uh, was uh, Gene Barr, of course, uh, was on. I think Bob, he was on one of our Financial Fridays with you and Art. But, John, the lack of the governor to have consistent leadership you just hit on, but also the lack for him to look at what limited liability insurance could have done for not only the hospitality industry, but the education industry, the medical industry. And, you know, we can't go back, but going forward, uh, can you see hopefully legislation that will help, particularly the hospitality industry with some limited liability reform and we have one all minute.
5: customer yeah all customer facing businesses need that and they need and what we're specifically talking about is liability protection for those that are following all of the safe covid protocols uh, such as whatever the cdc is currently recommending we're not talking about blanket immunity for people that are bad actors that might be out there and this is really important because the concept of what are the so-called drive-by lawsuits become very expensive to small businesses, even if they did nothing wrong. They usually can't afford to hire a lawyer and they usually settle for a, a payment of five, ten thousand dollars that maybe would be uh, really hurtful to a small business. So this is, there is legislation in Harrisburg that's working on that. We're hopeful that the governor will, uh, will see fit to sign it there was legislation earlier that was working its way through that i believe the governor vetoed but i believe that if uh if we come up with a slightly more narrow package and make sure that it's very clear that it's only for businesses that are doing all the right things that we can get that done it's really important you hit on a, a really important topic there
1: all right can you stay past the top of the hour john
5: you
6: back.
1: Okay, I'm going to put you back on hold. You're on hold. Uh, we'll put uh, Art and uh, Bob back on hold. We'll put Ben on hold, which is very difficult to do. <laughs> and uh, we're going to come back at nine oh six, and we'll do. Uh, we'll wrap up our conversation with the chamber, and then we'll do the news headlines. You're listening to On the Mark on News Radio 1070 WDKOK OK, Sunbury, the man making it happen, and Rob Center, a fabulous producer. This is WDKOK OK, Sunbury.
0: Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley.
1: <laughs> Greetings, welcome on board, WKOK's live telephone uh-huh. talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, on the news line with us now, enjoying Financial Friday, extended version. We call it Financial Friday Plus. Mm-hmm. Bob Garrett, president and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. Art Thomas, chairman of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, president of Mech Tech and Diversified Construction. And we got the head of the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association, On board, John Longstreet is here. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer. I'm Mark Lawrence. I play a terrible liberal on the radio. And Ben Reichle is here. He's a genuine conservative Republican committee person and business person. Uh, He and I solved all known diseases and fed the poor and fixed the economy during the last break. And during the uh, uh, most recent break, during the news, we found out that Washington wasn't interested in our solution. So that was a little bit of a letdown. Bob, where, where are we going next? Next, here we've got a lot of ground to cover in a short amount of time. We got about uh, 12 or 13 minutes in this segment. Go right ahead.
3: Yeah, so I I was very interested, Mark, in uh, in what John uh, Longstreet talked about uh, with uh, with the big issues that are that are just uh, an unbelievable load on top of the restaurant and hospitality industry in our valley, but. Uh, but he, he also uh, presented uh, uh, or gave us a little foretaste of the piece to come, which is a, uh, a, a new marketing campaign that they're launching called Industry of Opportunity. Uh, we'll be very interested in learning more about that here in the greater Susquehanna Valley. It, turns, it, it occurs to me that uh, uh, there's few places, uh, maybe Bucks County, uh, can compete with the greater Susquehanna Valley, but very few places, uh, in Pennsylvania, who has the diversity of hospitality options that we have here? Uh, I mean, we have a rail trail that uh, that's anchored with by uh, great uh, group pubs on both ends of it. We have great restaurants, uh, ethnic food. Uh, you know, you can get the, the real. You can get soupies uh, that people actually know what a soupy is. You you know, all those sort of things. Uh, Pennsylvania Dutch, et, et cetera, uh, Great Italian restaurants, uh, and on and on and on certainly uh, industry of opportunity in what I believe is a, uh, an area that's right uh, to take advantage of that industry of opportunity uh, in a land of opportunity uh, to expand the uh, hospitality uh, industry here I know that our local educational establishments are uh, aggressively expanding uh, their hospitality their restaurants their quality foods programs so I think we're very well aligned in the greater Susquehanna Valley to take advantage of this statewide uh, campaign and we'll look forward to hearing much more about it as we bring the economy roaring back into what we like to call the roaring 2020s.
1: Art, when you were on our show last month, you talked about the fact that uh, this economy was going to turn around, and maybe we got the first element of that today with the announcement. We're on the cusp of what? What's going to happen at this time next year? Hopefully a lot of these issues will be behind us. What will have had to have happened uh, by then in order to get all of this turned around?
4: I think this time next year we'll be talking about inflation and the impacts associated with that yeah it's been so long since we've had to deal with inflation it's going to be like a, a new thing again and people have not had to deal with
2: mm-hmm. that
4: as employers as employees we mu- uh, i know that when uh, president obama took office i was paying 2.89 a gallon for gas and just up until a couple months ago i was paying 2.89 for gas so We talked here a minute ago or a couple minutes ago about uh, how wages are going to skyrocket until we get the people back to work, and then what are we going to do? Take their wages away? I mean, we may have to because the cost of goods and services, I'm afraid, are going to go up. So I think that's the next big hurdle that we're looking at. Uh, Where are we going to go from here? I think people are going to come back to work. You know, the major metropolitan areas have been the most cautious, the major metropolitan areas are the slowest to come back. We're back. We're, we feel like, hey, we're back here, especially in the central Susquehanna Valley. Look at our unemployment rates in our four counties. We're back in business, but the major metropolitan areas, which drive statistics, they're not quite there yet, but over the next couple of months. And then when kids go, all go back to school, things are just going to go high. All our numbers are going to go where we want them to go, except, I think, inflation.
1: Inflation will be up also, John. We're going to give you the last word, last question for you. We'll ask you to do a little summary remark, but I'll preface it with the same question I asked Art. You know, let let's look at this time next year. What will we have done? What will have happened to help pull us out of this? Maybe that inflation is going to tamp things down a little bit. Uh, but uh, an additional comment uh, from the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association, please.
5: You bet, and I'll start by saying Art mentioned that this, uh, this employment issue, the fact that we can't get people to come back to work, is temporary, and I agree with him on that. No matter what, we're going to try to move things along more quickly, but even if we can't get things moved along, we'll get people back to work in our restaurants and hotels this fall. We're working to get it back sooner. And then what's it going to be like next year? There's a huge pent-up demand not only for restaurants but for travel. Pennsylvania is poised to be a tremendous drive to destination because of the metro New York market, where people obviously are trying to get out of, and they come to Pennsylvania to vacation. So the leisure travel is already back. The, the real question mark is going to be business travel, and you talked about the urban areas, and that is going to be the, the, the struggle because not everyone is going to go back into their offices. Business travel is going to lag probably until next year. That represents 50% of uh, hotel travel. But I will tell you after the in the hotel business after the tragedy of september eleventh two thousand and one took about eighteen months to recover and after that we had the the best years of the history in the history of the hotel business up through twenty nineteen which was the best year in history so I think we're going to be back in both fronts we're going to see unfortunately a few of our favorite independent restaurants that don't make it to the other side of this but you're going to be see a big resurgence in um, regional chains uh, you have some of those in um in, uh, um, in the Susquehanna Valley. In fact, the very first one I visited when things were reopened temporarily last June was your Red Robin there. Uh, Bob and I were talking about that the other day right down the street from his office. And you have Marzoni's, another great regional chain. So I think that we're going to see a great resurgence in restaurants. Employees will come back one in three. People get their first job in a restaurant. Eighty percent of restaurants are owned by people that started in hourly positions. It's a great industry, as people find out once they get there.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you're welcome back anytime to weigh on these important topics. I know uh, the public's got to get on board and be knowledgeable about what's happening so that we can help uh, address some of these concerns. So thank you so much for checking yeah, John, in today, you. John. You bet. I do appreciate that. That was Sir John Longstreet, President and CEO of the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association. Mr. Garrett, what's on your agenda? We'll give you the open mic here. What's next?
3: Yeah, so, uh, Mark, I just want to mention that the the chamber is back to in-person. We went back to uh, in-person on June 1st. Um, uh, Today, uh, now I'm going to contradict that and tell you that we do have our virtual Government Affairs Committee meeting uh, keep in mind, anyone who's listening, you can participate in any chamber meeting. Uh, we're not a public organization, but we're certainly open uh, to your participation. Today we're going to be focusing on some changes that are being proposed uh, for senior citizens and the way they receive their services uh, from our area agencies on aging. So uh, we cover the waterfront here at the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. No question whatsoever about that. Um, then we have a couple of committee meetings. Our big event uh, for this month, uh, uh, Mark, will be on June 23rd. It will be our uh, lunch and learn, and we'll be focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, working with Penn State University uh, to make that presentation uh, because one of the things we didn't get into today is that that if um, if we're truly going to rebound the way that we all envision that we will, and 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 experience the roaring 2020s, we need everybody uh, involved. So we have to make sure that the greater Susquehanna Valley is a welcoming place uh, to all people, uh, no matter their, uh, their ethnicity or race or, um, uh, or country of origin, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's on June 23rd. One last thing, uh, if I can, Mark, is just to highlight the uh, art referred to it, um, uh, Montour County. Uh, One of our four counties uh, over Danville Way uh, continues to lead the state with the lowest unemployment rate uh, in the state, uh, three full points lower than the statewide unemployment at 4.1 percent, pretty much back to full employment in Montour County. By the way, uh, Montour County also happens to lead the state uh, in the county with, uh, as far as vaccinations go, uh, well, well, well ahead of the rest of the state. Uh, over there uh, just right behind that is Union County at 4.9 percent Snyder County at 5 percent and Northumberland doing well one of our more stubborn unemployment areas is Northumberland County uh, but doing very well at 6.8 uh, percent we are we are uh, going to be working very very closely uh, with the Susquehanna River Valley Visitors Bureau our Community Prosperity Alliance by the way the uh, uh, the Lewisburg folks are having their art festival this weekend, so mm. uh, in person is happening <laughs> yeah. and uh, and celebrating Art Thomas.
2: Yeah, is that celebrating Art Thomas. I
1: think they
4: what are. What about what about Art Thomas? Well, well, Lewisburg right.
3: celebrating
2: their uh, art, art festival.
3: festival. Uh, they typically do it in the spring. Uh, Pushed it back a little bit this year, and it looks like they they hit a beautiful, perfect weather day. Uh, for their arts Festival tomorrow in Lewisburg. A hundred vendors will be there. It will be a great place. A
2: hundred vendors uh, at 92 degrees and sunny. A
1: lot of lemonade sales. Yeah. All right, Art, we'll give you the last word. Anything to add to our conversation?
4: I'm speechless. I got, I've got. i got nothing to add. Uh, <laughs> enjoy the greater Susquehanna Valley. Enjoy the greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. We're back in person all our committees have been notified that they can meet in person if they so choose. They just need to follow the most current C D C guidelines, which I think right now are to wear a mask if you've not been vaccinated. So we're leaving it up to our committees at this point. Uh, July we normally take the month off, but that's still yet to be determined. We're gonna give you back we're gonna be going back into full full drive in July. I don't know if we want to take the month off and we're just getting ready to get the engine going again. So Incredible. that's still to be seen. We'll talk about that next month.
1: Maybe. Chairman's Choice. we well, got an open mic on here when the jobless numbers come out next, next month, regardless. Thank you, Art. Bob, any additional comments?
3: No, thanks for having us. Uh, um, stay tuned. Uh, you heard about the Pennsylvania Restaurant Association's um, uh, industry of opportunity. We're going to take that, that and uh, create a valley of opportunity. Uh, here uh, for folks and encourage everyone to get back into uh, everyone who can, please get back into the labor force. We need you. You are the most important element. There's nothing more important uh, than qualified workers uh, to a strong robust economy.
1: Well, if that invite doesn't boost the participation Mm -hmm. rate, nothing will. Thank you so much Bob and Art. We very much appreciate all your help and all you're doing and your analysis. Uh, Thank you again for being on the show today. All the best. And that is uh, Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, and Art Thomas, Chairman-elect. Uh, earlier today on the show, we had John Longstreet, President and CEO of the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll scan through news headlines with some conversation starters stuck in there, and we'll have open phones. Call us now, if you so choose, one 800 at 9565 and text us at 70236, our show sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On The Mark. Uh, we have a couple of emails pending. We'll look at those. Uh, they were sent to OnTheMark at WKOK.com. I uh, don't see any texts in the in-basket, so you can send us a text at 70236. you got to put the keyword OTM in there. If you don't do it, it does not deliver it to us. And uh, probably doesn't tell you that it didn't deliver it to us. So 70236, put OTM in there, and then you can send us a note. Uh, we'll receive the note, uh, we'll read the note on the air, uh, and uh, you'll get a good feeling for having been one of our good participants. Can get
2: texts with birthday wishes only?
1: Uh, I saw that filter. We can do like that. that. <laughs> yep, if you so choose. Uh, let's see. So that's 70236 on the mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. You can talk about the jobless numbers if you wish, or we had good conversations this week about voter ID. I uh, said that our, Republicans about, our republic is about to crumble, and that prompted some calls earlier this week. Uh, you can call us about that 1 800 795 Jobless rates, uh, fortunately for President Biden, you could almost stick a nail in his coffin if you didn't have, I mean, his political coffin, please. <laughs> if it weren't for the fact that, uh, yeah, you can't joke about that with an 80 year old president, can you? But anyway,
2: well, he's riding his bike the other
1: day. If joblessness had gone up, that would be the end of him, because I'll tell you what, it's, people are barely prattling well, I guess
2: through this. Job, so unemployment's down, but Participation is down. Uh, this was supposed to be between 500 and 700, so we're on the lower end of that number. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Biden administration's scurrying around to see what they want to do with the uh, Trump tax cuts. And also, too, there's a meeting for infrastructure, which they defined in such a way that nobody really understood what infrastructure... Well, infrastructure could be anything, like the Wizard of Oz. Well, you got to so think big. So now they big. have a meeting. So Friday they're having a meeting, Thursday... Was it Thursday or Wednesday? He was riding his bike in Rehoboth. All right. Well, good to he's cool. a busy guy.
1: Well, hey, there's a lot to be said for what that. What type of ice cream do you think he had at the boardwalk? Uh, I forget the name of the place he went to. I know where it is. Anyway, the Shikolami School Board in the news. The Shikolami School Board says it has given its support staff two options in negotiations... School board says the union can either choose subcontracting, at which time the district would save about $2.5 million over five years, or the school board says the union can choose to help meet some target saving proposals, and again, saving about $2.5 million over five years. There is a negotiating session set for next Monday. You can read lots more about the timeline and the specifics of those proposals at WKOK.com. The- Economy School District holds high school graduation tonight. The district issued a statement saying they are excited for the graduates uh, but not everyone can make it in person so they say they will have a live stream of the mm-hmm. ceremony on YouTube for those who wish to catch the event you can, we have uh, links to that at WDKOK.com
2: All those little braves and bravettes are going out into that
1: big world. Into Mark. the world. Lacoming <laughs> like, I mean, County lawyer Cliff Readers was a guest on WDKOK's On the Mark recently and said Society has an obligation to protect the population in many areas, like flying and public transportation, but should not infringe on individual rights.
8: That's different from the government saying, you know, we don't want you on an airplane where we you know, we control the skyways, right? So, I mean, I think it depends what the requirement is. Um, when it's imposed, for what purpose, and how reasonable it is under the
1: circumstances. You can hear more of his interview on the WKOK podcast page. Penn Live reporting today, a group of gun rights advocates will convene on the steps of the Pennsylvania Capitol in Harrisburg Monday for a rally. The event called the Right to Keep and Bear Arms Rally will feature U.S. Congressman Scott Perry of York County, several Republican state representatives, and gun rights advocates. The rally is an annual event established in 2006 that typically draws hundreds of participants to the county. Capital each year. One of the proposals they're advocating for would abolish concealed carry permits for firearm owners in Pennsylvania. In other words, you go through a background check to buy a handgun and uh, you would have to do that, but you would not need a permit for open carry or concealed carry well you already don't need one for open carry but you wouldn't need one for concealed carry in Pennsylvania though, that is a common sense gun law I can get behind mm-hmm. of course I advocate for mandatory carry Are you too you
2: going to be down there reporting
1: uh, uh, no
2: AP will cover for so you be down there life. in your sleeveless WKOK polo shirt showing your guns <laughs> Yeah, my guns, that's what they are.
1: They move around a lot. Let's just leave it at that. All right, finally, a key member... Oh, no, nope, it's not finally. A key member of Pennsylvania's House of Representatives flatly rejecting talk of the state paying for some sort of an audit of the 2020 president's election, a day after three fellow Republican state lawmakers toured the Arizona Senate's GOP audit. Representative Seth Grove, who chairs the committee that handles election matters, said Tuesday that the Pennsylvania chamber will not be authorizing any further audit audits on any previous election. This does not bar Doug Mastriano and his crew from privately paying for an audit that could take place in Pennsylvania. Finally, one man who wants to be president of the United States is speaking in Manchester, New Hampshire.
8: That same day, we reconvened the Congress and did our duty under the Constitution and the laws of the United States. You know, President Trump and I have spoken many times since we left office. And I don't know if we'll ever see eye to eye on that day.
1: My, my vice president, Mike Pence, uh, of course, he's been to uh, South Carolina and New Hampshire and is meeting with Texas fundraisers mm. this weekend. Interesting. That would be a great president in my view one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five 795 9565 is our telephone number. Dan, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling in.
9: Hey, good morning, fellas. Why, you know, we, we act as if the governor of Pennsylvania and most Democratic governors were doing the best they could. Well, they were doing the best they could to prove they could control the masses. They used fear to say you have to do what we tell you because we know better how to control this planned damage than any of you people whereas out here we have groups of people that never mask never socially distance and I last summer late summer I attended a great big fair not in Union County another great large fair tens of thousands of people there and not only about 2-3 people were masked and I talked with them and they were Democrats fearing the pandemic and none of the rest were masked and if the governor really knew about it or Rachel Levine they would have had a poop hemorrhage over that and there was no outbreak No outbreak at all of a mass death. So why do you think the governors of Democratic states went so overboard to mitigate a planned Why?
2: Why do people think? Follow the money. Follow the federal money that uh, is pouring into these states. And particularly follow the federal money that's pouring into... Democratic states like California, Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, Illinois, Uh, follow the money, Dan, and believe me, the federal trough is huge. Look at the counties around D.C. and look at uh, the the uh, the numbers of uh, uh, percentages of median income, and look at the you know these aren't places like Omaha, Nebraska, Peoria, Illinois someplace in uh, in uh, Texas for their manufacturing. This is the government trough, and COVID money is what is going to help a lot of these Democratic or blue states balance their budgets and get their pensions somewhat righted. That's the dirty little secret that the uh, Democrats progressives don't want to tell you, but that's where the money's coming from. And Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are uh, putting... They're the... Uh, when you used to look at the bankers that had that little green visor on, they're both sitting there writing the checks or trying to write the checks to With these the blue The sleeve states. garters holding yeah, their sleeves Sleeve so. garters and everything. So that's the dirty little secret.
9: Yep, and they had their big happy marriage between the news media and the democratic party is, a, is an awful thing in my sight. How they all all together present the same message of propaganda out here. And they had people living in fear. I mean, people were fearful. They had their masks on riding around in the car They never took it off, and hiking on trails, I do a lot of hiking, there are people out hiking on these trails, climbing up mountains with their masks on, and people are fearful. It's a a shame what the left-wing media and what the Democratic Party's doing to our country, having us
2: having people living in fear. Well, they're eating, there's a little humble pie that's out there that a couple bites have been taken by some journalists now on the Wuhan virology and and, and and where it's coming from. But the other scenario, and and let's look at that, and Mark being a very reasonable uh, (laughs) devil's advocate. So, So you get out of your vehicle, you're going to a restaurant, you get up to the restaurant door, you put a mask on, And whatever height you are, let's just say six feet, you're at a mask at six feet, you sit down at a table, and now you're at four feet, you take the mask off. Now if you get up to do anything, talk to somebody, maybe go to the restroom, you put that mask on. So scientifically wouldn't you say that COVID must be six feet and up so if you're only 5'5 five, five, you probably don't need to wear a mask but when you sit down at that table all of a sudden COVID goes away so so it must be the six foot COVID gray area that you can uh, you can uh, catch this at so when you look at something absurd as that then at some point people start to get frustrated and they did.
1: Dan we'll give you the last word go right That's ahead. That's exactly right
9: Ben we in some And we often talk about that. What does that level make a difference? And people are that naive that they'll fall for the line that, yeah, if you mask when you come in the door, you take it off when you sit down, et cetera, that the COVID, you're safe. Well. I was not worried from the beginning, Ben. I'm sorry. I wasn't worried a bit about it. I'm still not worried. But I have relatives. They're still living in fear. They're afraid to go anywhere. And they're so afraid that I'm going to keel over from COVID-19 when 99.7 of all Americans survive without death. So I'm not living in
1: fear. All right. well, let's guys hope we have can get a great day. Let's hope we can get a more deadly pandemic next time. That would be very helpful. Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate the call. We'll take a quickie break. Hold on, Tom. Callers, call back. Sorry we missed you, but to give us a buzz back right now. 1-800-795-9565. We are talking about our nation. talked about the pandemic, talked about the jobless numbers around here. I always say that the trouble isn't that there aren't enough workers. It's trouble. The wages are too low. That's why people aren't going back to work. So that's an easy solution. I solved that in a big hurry.
2: Not enough fringe benefits.
1: That's part of it. 1-800-795-9565. You can text us at 70236. Put the keyword OTM in there. And... And uh, we'll get that uh, text on the air, ASAP. One of our good listeners sent us a note, says, it sounds like tax mayor... I'm sorry, let me start over. It sounds like taxpayer money going to business to cover a cost. Taxpayers are already punished with tax abatements and many other corporate business welfare programs. You either understand capitalism or not. If you cannot survive in the free enterprise market without taxpayers' help, you don't belong there. When a measly $300 a week can keep people from working, It seriously questions the wages businesses offer. There are no special skills necessary for these jobs. They are jobs that pay below a livable wage and have no future. Ben's idea about child care sounds like a step into Socialism. Yeah, Ben's uh, a socialist. We yeah, should no, probably warn the warned
2: the, him. the child care point I pointed out was a P three program to the emailer who seems to be conflicted with what capitalism is and and how it works. But the P three programs are private partnerships that the government and the public get get involved with. But his other thing about uh, business welfare well d- define that exactly what what are you looking at because one of the things that the government can do is be guardrails or create highways for economic development, and that includes hospitals, schools, et cetera. So what they can say is, okay, we're going we're gonna to put, put government money up for this water system, this sewer system. With that, we can have growth. People can build houses. Sure, like grease in the skids kind people of thing. People can do that. Then what we can do is turn it over to authority and let authority run that. So, yes, I think the emailer is somewhat conflicted on how capitalism works with a governmental system, not uh, not socialism.
1: Tom, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. It's an op- a nearly open phones Friday.
8: Yeah, well, listening to Ben and, and uh, Dan talking just a little bit ago about this COVID was like listening to Abbott and Costello's Who's On First. <laughs> and, and, and it made about as much sense. I mean, we had 600, over 600,000 deaths. And this is by keeping people apart by mitigation. Could you imagine if they did what Ben and Dan want to do? Just let people do whatever but they want to do. And you, I, I, I don't think that, that was
2: said, Tom, at all. No, I think I mean, you might you have know, missed you, the you point. You
8: and Dan, you and Dan, I don't know. You got, you're on another another planet with a bunch of other ladies.
1: <laughs> Tom, that's, that's not Let that Tom I talk. Called. Let Tom talk. Yeah, yeah talk please these, enlighten us. These,
8: these jobs, these jobs, you know, like this Uber and this uh, DoorDash and everything like that. Those things are always on, and indeed, they're all the time begging for people. Well, guess what? This is easy to figure out. They do, if, this, if, this is, if this delivery is so profitable, why don't they supply their own cars? Why don't they supply the insurance? Why don't they supply the upkeep on the vehicles? Why? Because they want somebody to do it for nothing. Because these people that do this, they think they're making money for a little bit. And then when you got to spend $600 to put new tires on the car, or you got to spend $500 to put new brakes on the car, you find out, you know what? I'm doing this for nothing. So that that's one of those things there that's that's bad. And, okay. it, and it's, very, it's very clear why they don't supply their own vehicles. As far as these restaurants, they should get rid of this Two dollars and thirty-two cents an hour that they pay these waitresses. That's their minimum wage, I think. Pay them fifteen dollars an hour, no tips. These people in, in uh, these people in uh, like Arby's and that, they don't get tips. The only people that get tips are the people that go into restaurants. So this this is a bunch of garbage, and fifteen dollars an hour. Is, is the minimum amount that you can pay a person for low weights, for low work. It isn't, it isn't something where you start out and you work your way up. It's, if the job is always going to be like that, you don't work your way up to anything. So this, this, if these employers want to start uh, getting employees, you're going to have to pay people. I've seen a thing in the paper today, the daily item a paper route that they deliver out in the country and it's down by Hunter Station it's on Lower Road and Creek Road I know all those roads down there there's 69 customers you make $550 a month so that's what and, a little over $100 a week 135 me,
1: yeah,
8: now that's a spread out area for those 69 customers you know how much money you're going to make
1: Hundred and thirty
8: seven fifty. So you pay for your gas and all oh, your upkeep in your car, you're not gonna make nothing. That's the reason why those things are constantly in the paper. There's a whole bunch of them in the paper right now.
1: Well they own these the paper too, so it's free to advertise. To work for nothing. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Tom. Really do appreciate the call. Anything else?
10: All right.
8: Well, these Rep- well these Republicans, I can tell you about the stupid thing about trying to get uh, they're going to reinstall Trump.
1: Yep. We got an email about it. We just got the notice. That, yeah, he, yeah. He,
8: he, and he believes it. They're going to get, they're going get rid of Biden and they're going to put Trump in there. And he and he believes it. And, and his
1: day.
7: supporters believe it.
1: Mm. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate the call. One of our good listeners says, good morning. The people who think this COVID was just a scare tactic need to wake up. Remember 9-11, the next election by Republicans. They ran on scaring people. That's not what COVID was all about. Well, Uh,
2: well, please, email it. Was that a text, an email? A text? Please, text us back to tell us what it was all about, (laughs) because uh, we're finding out that uh, the Chinese had far more involvement here. And please, tell us, what was COVID all about? Mark, why did Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, our our governor, who... uh, Showed strong something, and it wasn't okay. leadership. Shut down car dealerships? Why don't we really just stipulate? Dealerships?
1: Let's just stipulate the governor did the worst job humanly possible and move uh, on.
2: The governor and did it killed mediocre. the economy,
1: and we're all going to die. Let's go to
10: Cindy. I thought it was interesting the suggestion about a child tax credit for people who are employed. I could see that, a child care tax credit. I could see. So that person who's employed and is incurring this cost for the care for their children gets to take that off their taxes. I I think that's a good idea. Well, we, that's how we stimulate business. Well, we had right?
2: versions of that in the past, and if they would leave the tax code alone for 80% of it adjust just 20, we, we've had that type of tax credit in the past in, in, in numerous versions, so that's, that's the sad part about it. It keeps leaving, and if the Democrats are so strong on this, why, why haven't they complained about that?
10: I think that I think that would be a great proposal. Let the person choose where they choose to get their child care, but allow them to uh, deduct part of the cost off of their income taxes. I think that's a wonderful idea. Secondly, you know, every cloud, they say every cloud has a silver lining, and, and right now people probably feel pretty skeptical about that with regard to COVID. But I read the other day a very interesting thing, which was the flu season, the influenza, you know, which is usually – what you hear about from october till march april every year was down seventy five percent seventy five percent never have they seen that kind of uh, decline in the influenza cases so i think that's a positive thing that happened you know there's the silver lining where some people might have died of it the death rate dropped dramatically i think that's a very positive thing and i know that um... I'm guilty of this, too, that I call in and complain about things. But maybe we could challenge ourselves to, if you call in to say something positive, like I just did. Hey, it's great because we had less flu. Mm -hmm. Find something. You can say your criticism, but close on a positive note so that uh, the show isn't just such a Debbie Downer every day.
1: (laughs) I agree. That would be great. (laughs) and,
10: And I would really appreciate it if my fellow callers would stop calling each other names. I don't feel like that contributes anything to the conversation. I, I don't appreciate it at all when they attack the hosts. That's ridiculous. But for Mark and Joe and Ben and some other folk, there would be no show. We would have no forum upon which to express our feelings. And I know sometimes what I have to say uh, rattles uh, some of the hosts, and yet they always treat me civilly. And I think we can do that. And let's try. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much. Appreciate yeah,
1: that. Now, that's an upbeat call we can handle. Mm-hmm. Stan, I hate to do this to you. <laughs> Stan's like the official waiter-in-chief this week. we got to hit the break. We'll be right back.
6: When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth.
1: All right, we've got a couple of minutes left. I gotta squeeze this in real quick. I wanna tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company, Ford, yeah. Hyundai, and Kia. It's just that simple. Great Vehicles Look up Consumer Reports. They love the F-150. I'll tell you what, Mm -hmm. that's the cat's meow. In terms of technology, it's the one truck that's way out in front of technology. Even when you compare it to the Tesla electric pickup truck, which is going to be coming out, the Ford F-150, still more advanced, more uh, important service, or uh, what do you say, accoutrements that help you out, including the 360 cameras and the
2: LED lights on all four sides. And the Maverick is coming also. (laughs) Okay, coming back out. No, small compact pickup (laughs) called the Maverick. Oh, okay, well that's fine with me. I thought you meant
1: that Mm -hmm. little sedan that used to blow away in the wind. But uh, this will be a great uh, car. 1999 you can get a Ford Maverick. Back in the day I memorized that. But this is an important uh, service that the Sunbury Motor Company does. They find out what your vehicle needs are and they match up the Ford, Hyundai, or Kia, or maybe it's a pre-owned vehicle. Maybe you're going to have to order a vehicle Mm -hmm. and they will make sure that you can do that at the Sunbury Motor Company. Do what i do start out at sunburymotors.com and take it from there and they will super serve you as they have thousands of people before you and uh, if you need a golf cart they have one in the showroom oh, they you do. Can drive it there? right out okay that's right and they added a classic mustang in the showroom too stan thank you so much i owe you you are on the mark
7: yeah good morning uh <laughs> Tom makes me laugh every time he calls, but that's beside the point. Uh, he talks about these gig the gig economy, you know the doordash, the ubers, uh, the ship people that, that that you know haul groceries and keep people supplied. you know without those people doing what they were doing, the people during a lot of people during the pandemic that were scared to come out of their houses got food and without those people, those people you know would have went hungry, it seems to be because some of them were thoroughly scared. My son does shift right now. He was doing Uber and Lyft but with the hassles, you know, worrying about people having a disease or whatever, getting in the car. He just stopped that. So but he's still doing the ship, hauling groceries for people. He hauls it all over the countryside here. Now, Tom was talking about well they gotta put brakes and tires and gas and all that. Well, last time I checked, when I drive back and forth to work every day, I'm responsible for the tires, the gas and the brakes for my car and the miles I put on it. Anybody that goes to work on a daily basis is responsible for those things.
2: But and, look, Stan, the difference though is if your vehicle is your work, you have a business write-off. And like exactly. I said, so, some of the callers and emailers have a you know different understanding of how business works and doesn't work. And particularly the caller you're talking about, I don't I don't believe has a very deep understanding of of markets and what drives markets and what drives people to opportunities to work. Somebody might work the gig economy for a year and save up, let's say, $4,000, and that $4,000 might pay for whatever they choose to, part of their college education or to go to college. So, again, market forces drive economics, and in the United States, we have virtual just Umpteen opportunities to, to be in commerce, and part of this is this gig economy.
7: Exactly. My, my son, he likes to ski, okay? He spent the, the month of January out west, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, skiing. But when he had downtime out there, he was able to take what he does in the gig economy with ship and deliver groceries and stuff out there. It went with
2: him.
1: He can make
7: money to pay for his vacation.
1: Performing a helpful and necessary service and contributing to the economy. That
2: is true capitalism. And also, too, look locally. Look at Wise Markets. They have their Wise to Go, where they get your orders, they put it out in a uh, locker, and then you go and you get your food. I mean, you know, the innovations that are coming up through this uh, pandemic, you know, we we had a caller earlier who said, be happy, silver lining. And I would say this, you know. Your son and others are making lemonade out of some lemons. But, the, again, the opportunity, the capitalism to to fill a need, to solve a problem, that's how you make a sale, and that's how you move forward, and that's how industries were created. I mean, let, let's look at it this way. We had the U.S. mail for how long? Then all of a sudden we had something called Federal Express that became FedEx. We had something called United Postal Service that became UPS and others because there was a need to have that type of information delivered or or, or need to have the information on time.
1: All right, Stan, we'll give you the last word. Go right ahead.
7: Yeah, I mean, just people do what they do. It's all a choice. People have a choice to make, where they go to work someplace for – now, I, I do agree with Tom on one thing. I do believe that two dollars and whatever it is percent for uh, a restaurant with that waiters and waitresses serve in, I think that's way too low and out of bounds in my opinion. But that's you know, and I do agree with Tom with that. That's that's not right for those people. But All right
2: anything else? <laughs> Stan, talk to a business we gotta owner. we got to get another
1: caller going here, Stan. So,
2: Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I right. would say this, Stan. Talk to a business owner and look at the tip scenario compared to the base wages, and it, then you'll find out some more information. Carl, you're on the mark. Go right ahead.
11: Thank you. I know I don't have much time. Cindy said she wanted to hear something positive. Well, I have something positive for everybody. What? Tomorrow, tomorrow from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Buffalo Valley Produce Auction, is the area's largest fundraiser that most people don't even know about? It is the fundraiser for the Special Needs Clinic down in Strasburg, Pennsylvania. Two years ago, we didn't have one last year. Two years ago, we raised $350,000 in one day. And this year, they expect to raise $450,000 in one day. And they do this with a huge sale, it's an auction. There will be five, six auctioneers at one time, and then they also have food for sale, all Amish and Mennonite made. And there'll be somewhere between seven and nine thousand people there. It's quite a sight if you've never seen it. I invite everybody to come out. It's the Buffalo Valley Produce Auction Building.
1: You go out Buffalo Road outside of You go out Furnace Road, and which road do you turn on?
11: Yeah, if you go out. Actually, go out Route 45, turn on Dreisbach Road, and you'll see the sign.
1: Dreisbach, Dreisbach. And what's
2: the organization okay. then for Stra- in Strasburg?
11: Special, yeah, Special Needs Clinic, Special Children.
2: Okay. All right.
1: Thank uh, you so much, Carl. I'm free, glad it's you a, got in.
11: It's a free, it's a free clinic for All the right. special needs kids.
1: Thank you, sir. Thanks for checking in. Glad to hear from you. Have Thank a good you, weekend. sir. Yep. Have a good Everybody, weekend. please have a great weekend. we got fantastic heat wave coming, so let's Sunscreen. enjoy. Sunscreen. This. this is WDK, okay, Sunbury.